And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Thanks so much for joining us here on the program. We are going to jump right into our guest. I'll give you all of the other preliminary information later on in the program uh, so that you can uh, get a hold of us and the podcasts and the video casts and the radio broadcasts and all the other good stuff that comes your way through Tell Me Your Story, including our guests. Our guest today is uh, Shana Zalazo, and she is our guest because she is going to talk to us uh, about, I'm going to call it a continuation of a conversation that we've been having with many of our uh, guests of late uh, over this whole aspect of, and in a very general sense, folks, the feminine energy. Okay, that's really what we're talking about today. And we're going to talk about it from the standpoint of a particular book that uh, she has uh, has written, has put together. Uh, and uh, she's worked as an, what is an L-I-C-S-W? <laughs> Shauna, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. It's a, a licensed independent clinical social worker, so a psychotherapist. Ah, I like psychotherapists because I get free therapy in the process. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, you uh, you have uh, a book that uh, we want to talk about, and uh, we want to talk about it uh, uh, in the ways uh, that uh, that you have shared it in the book, as well as on your website. The Way of Inanna, it's a heroine's guide to living unapologetically, and uh, you know, I wasn't going to mention this, but I'm going to anyway, just because uh, I want to keep things accurate. I have a feeling that your publisher did not correct this because <clears throat> usually uh, it's the word an, A-N, that precedes a word starting with the letter H in this case. So it should be an heroine's guide. I could be wrong. I, uh, I am not, a, I'm not a, a professor of English. Get, don't get me wrong. But uh, an hour, an honest day's work, et cetera, et cetera. I, I may be wrong, and maybe it works both ways. I was corrected when I found out that you can put ands between the words in a list or commas until you get to the last two words in the list. Then you put the word and. I found that either way is perfectly correct. So uh, I don't want to, um, and of course you probably knew I was going to say that. You're, you read souls, my soul is is what it is, and there you go. It's nice to have you with us. And this conversation is near and dear to my heart because partly the fact that I was born and I was born into a family at the time that had only uh, had two sisters, and then I had a brother follow me, and then I had two more sisters. So in one sense, my brother, my father, and I were a little outnumbered, but. We we uh, we we made it just fine. We did just fine, and um, uh, uh, it's it's one of those things. Um, hang on one second here. There we go. There we go. And um, I wanted to find out how you, obviously as a female, Shauna, uh, is what was the catalyst that that made you interested in. The feminine energy, we'll get into Inanna in a moment, because I was doing a little perouse, perusing on the, uh, on the YouTube about Inanna. Uh, and, but what, what sparked your interest? In the divine feminine in general or in Inanna? 
in the in the divine feminine in general. We'll get to Inanna in a moment. Wonderful. Well, first, um, the the energy of balance is really what I have dialed into in terms of uh, what's necessary to bring restoration and healing to the earth plane. And the energy of the divine feminine represents unconditional love, unity, um, compassion, non-judgment. And it's really the goddess traditions were always about being in alignment with the masculine, not having dominance over. Um, and so the wisdom of the divine feminine is really, really potent uh, medicine for the earth plane today. And so it's pulled me because it feels like the um, antidote to uh, the concept of separation and struggle and fear. So <laughs> resurrecting the divine feminine is definitely a mission uh, I'm connected to for sure. Well, you bring, a, you bring a robust background of experience and education to this work as well with both the traditional and alternative healings. Um, and of course, in your case, as you've just expressed, you're committed to, to the balanced integration of body, mind, and spirit, but also the balanced integration of male and female energies. Because right now, uh, and I've heard it put this way, and, and maybe you can help me with this, and maybe uh, the goddess Inanna has has some something to say about this as well, that the patriarchal system is not only detrimental to females uh, in terms of disregarding their part in civilization, it is also destructive to the male of the species. Talk to us a little bit about that. Absolutely. Um, in the perpetuation of separation consciousness and the desire to have power over another, uh, there is a perpetuation of fear that's constrictive. Fear is constrictive. And the, the opposite of that, the idea of love is expansive. And our earth herself is in great need of healing. Um, and we're really positioned at this time in history to evolve. So the idea of leaning towards an energy, an energy that is expansive instead of constrictive is really supportive. And so when, um, when we have this sense of domination, desire to have power over, there's a way in which that is limiting to those who are, who are, are in that role um, because it keeps them fixed. So mm. we're all about expanding to a new paradigm. <laughs> You know, it's it's funny, too, because I've been married uh, before and divorced and then uh, married again and still married to the same to number two, as it were, uh, not by any means second choice. But it's just the path that, you know, people take. But one of the things that has struck me over the years is some of the phraseology that's been used in relationships in particular um, and in music, music and maybe even the poetry, although to me, music is poetry set to music. Um, she's mine. He's mine. My wife. My husband. I mean, it's, it's, it's like such possessiveness that then fosters uh, almost uh, an obsession that borderlines, uh, um, um, what's the word I want, um, a jealousy, if the partner has anything, it doesn't matter how innocuous it is, with the opposite sex. Or if it's the same-sex partners, the same sex. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I've gotten to the point where it's like, well, no, wait a minute. Uh, Shauna, you're a free moral agent. You can do whatever you want. You know, I don't I, I don't control you. And I'll tell you what, if my actions uh, come across as controlling, then I need to take a look at that and say, all right, how do I how do I shift that so that, it, you know, I can't change your perception. But I can take a look at it and say, OK, so is there something I need to shift in my own mind? So that we have this these words, this this power of words that we've been using for generations, centuries, maybe millennia. And I'm at a place where, first of all, I don't want control over another. I got enough trouble controlling my own life. I'll be damned if I'll try to control yours, i.e. that's a line from, a, I think, a song that goes back to the late 60s or early 70s. Mm. <laughs> but talk to me a little bit about that changing paradigm when it comes to that interaction. Uh, and even in the business world, I, I'm an operations manager. I don't have employees under me. I work with them. They don't work for me. I don't work for the general manager. I work with him. And he, he recognizes that too. Even though we do have the, that hierarchical structure, I get that. It's, it's important uh, because there are duties that I have to accomplish and duties he has to accomplish, as well as duties my coworkers have to accomplish. But it seems as though that dynamic is starting to change, especially considering what COVID did to us over the last two and a half years, creating people who want to, I want to work from home. I can do this remotely. I don't need to, I don't need to be, you know, at a brick and mortar location away from my dwelling where I reside. Talk to us about th th those changes that are happening. Well, there is an increase, and I'm so appreciative of your recognition of that. Um, and there, and also the acknowledgement of the sort of the fluid nature of our growth, you know, and where it is this time to begin to kind of lean into sort of the the plasticity of our of our evolutionary stages instead of instead of holding them fixed, you know. Um, and so there is a way where bringing in that the energy of the divine feminine for sure will help kind of reframe the old paradigms for mm -hmm. sure because it's inclusive and and to your point there's not a hierarchy it's the energy of the divine feminine is circular so it's it's unifying versus linear and so um even just the the sort of shift in focus towards including the feminine principle helps with dissolving the concept of hierarchy for sure um and but there's also this notion of sovereignty our own sovereignty which is somewhat aligned with what you're describing in sort of our choice to sort of decide where we want to work from and all of that. Um, and the divine feminine certainly uh, prioritizes uh, our own sovereignty, teaching us that the way is within. And that's definitely something Inanna does is showing the, the wisdom of our own individual heart as the main, the main directional signal for our life, which leads us to embodying our sovereignty. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's something that I know a lot of men are having trouble with. And uh, it's interesting how it really came to the forefront uh, six years ago, seven years ago. And I just could not believe what I was hearing, whether it was from uh, tapes, audio, from microphones that they forgot to turn off. 
Mm. Uh, or sometimes stuff that was just said uh, during an interview. I was mm -hmm. like, are you kidding me? I have even heard men on radio programs admit to being misogynists. Mm -hmm. Now, I love females. I love the female form. I'm supposed to as the person that I am. Okay? That's just me. And I don't put that on anybody else, any other male. Because uh, you love who you love. You love what you love. And there, you, you can't question it. I, this is one of the things that I deal with some people who keep asking, I wonder why I like this, why I like that. I, I just wish I knew why I like this. Stop asking why. Just enjoy. Enjoy. It doesn't matter why right now. Just enjoy. And for me, I don't know why. I just do. Um, and I don't know about you, you know, but you have your uh, preferences, all right? Wow. You have your appreciation. Mm -hmm. uh, quite honestly, uh, it's, 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 uh, it is a frustration sometimes when I listen to some of these folks talk about the, the attitudes they have towards uh, other people, whether it be mm -hmm. of the same or opposite sex, uh, mm -hmm. whether it be in regards to a relationship, uh, physical or otherwise. And, and um, I'm, I'm hoping that, that things are changing. We're talking with uh, Shauna <coughs> Zalazo. ShaunaZalazo.com is the website. I guess I should spell that for you folks because uh, you're going to want to go there. It's S-E-A-N-A-Z-E-L-A-Z-O.com. ShaunaZalazo.com. We hope that you will go there. And also uh, get a copy of the book that uh, we're going to be talking about as we continue here on the program. Uh, the title of that book is The Way of Inanna, A Heroine's Guide to Living Unapologetically as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's really a pleasure to have Shana uh, Zalazo on our program to discuss Inanna, um, a heroine. Tell us, first of all, because um, I, I think I may have uh, uh, mentioned this word, that she is a goddess. Tell us about who Inanna, I don't know if I want to say was, is. Who is, who is Inanna? Beautiful question. I love that. Is, indeed. <laughs> um, so Inanna is a Sumerian goddess named uh, that goes by many epitaphs. And, and that's one of the reasons I love her the most is her multidimensionality. She has multiple epitaphs, uh, the queen of heaven and earth, the goddess of love and war. So she really embodies these polarities. She's the um, evening star and the morning star as seen in Venus, the goddess of thunderstorms and rain. So there's this constant um, capturing of, of the the polarities in her that really speaks to our humanity, which is one of the reasons I love her. <laughs> but she truly is um, unafraid to be who she is, and hence the title. And that's something that she's really, she really embodies self-love, which is something that as a therapist and, and in the spiritual guidance that I provide, I have been working with people for a long time about really guiding folks towards self-love. But Inanna really, in, and working with her 
and and her energy really helped me live self-love in a way that I um, was was I was able to conceptualize it intellectually very well to teach other people, but not live it in the way that I have since working with Anana. So her own capacity to celebrate herself, to embody her divinity, and that's also part of why I love her, is the the her capacity to bring spirit into matter. She definitely insists on her physicality, which again speaks to us in human form. It's this, it's it's instructive, her path, her, her the wisdom that she represents is really instructive in how to how to move towards, towards our own ascension in, in the human form. And she definitely is a, a teacher of ascension. Her story, of the descent of Inanna, really positions her as one of the first um, well, teachers of this because she, and, and it was then later emulated, the story of going into the cave for three days and three nights. This was later seen um, in other mythology and stories and um and where the, there was a male in that role. So I love to lift up the fact that this really, this really sort of, we can say began on some level with, with Inanna, the divine feminine as the teacher in this way. Mm. So it's really this, how can you not fall in love with her kind of energy when you really t tune into her, you know? We're talking with uh, Shana Zelazo. ShanaZelazo.com is the website. We will be linked to your website as well, so folks can go there while they're listening to or watching these interviews here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, I, I have a question. It's a rather brutal question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, was Inanna, based upon what I've read about her, was she what I would put into the category of a divine sex worker of sorts or was she just an out and out prostitute and whore you know it the beautiful thing about her mythology is it's so multi-dimensional so you can read it on any level the way that um i, I actually don't even see her in those roles at all okay. um what i see her is uh as i see her as a being who recognizes the potency of feminine magic within the second chakra within her she uses the term or the terminology holy vulva is mm -hmm. used in her mythology and she highlights it she it's very um refreshing in the way that this was written at the time and that that these were concepts that were culturally accepted and and were comfortable clearly for the her people. Um, and so it's more an em she represents an emphasis on understanding the wisdom in the second chakra mm -hmm. and in and in the capacity, you know, later seen in Mary Magdalene's capacity to anoint Jesus, that capacity of anointing, of supporting in evolution through the wisdom of the sacred womb and the holy, the holy vulva. Well, you know, I was reading something, I think it was on your website, in regards to that very thing, uh, and uh, I'm not sure exactly where it was now, but it made reference to the fact that she gazed upon or looked upon her vulva, and then I can't remember if, if it was that she... She applauded herself. She applauded herself. <laughs> she applauded herself. Uh, and I realize this is starting to get into territory that some people may find unsettling, but uh, so be it. I warn you ahead of time, this may be unsettling for you. Uh, not for you, of course, uh, Shauna, but for our listeners. Most women and men, although men it's a little easier to do, 
have never really looked at their respective genitals. Mm -hmm. And they've never been taught to have any kind of appreciation. They're usually taught how evil and vile and disgusting and dirty and so on and so on and so on. Um, our, our sexual organs are those specific sexual organs, because some would say that, hey, you know, there's the skin and there's da 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 da. But um, talk to us a little bit about how important, and I will share, I went through a program many years ago when I was living in Phoenix where we were in a co ed group and we actually did that in front of the group. And maybe at first there was some embarrassment, but what you began to realize was we all, males and females, we all have the same parts. Although each one's parts are just a little different. And they would set up, I think there were like four or six different categories of types for the female and then for the male. Uh, and then, of course, they described what, what those types were and sort of metaphorically what they meant or mythologically what they meant and so forth. Tell us why maybe an exercise like that is so important for an individual, even if they just do it for themselves, by themselves, in the privacy of their own home. Well, and that, that's that idea of releasing the shame that we might have accumulated throughout history around our sexuality, around our body. And especially for women, where when you conceptualize the idea of the patriarchy silencing the divine feminine, the, what I make reference to in the book and why I feel Inanna embodies this so well is this excerpt you're talking about, but she go throughout her mythology, she references this. Um, but it is her, she's emphasizing that there is no reason to have shame. And when the patriarchy targeted the feminine, what I argue in the book really is this, and, and this idea of the wisdom in that second chakra, that it, it is this creative womb knowledge and power that might have been threatening, right? And uh, to the to the patriarchy uh, and the church. So this is a she's representing a way and this practice, if you will, and this is I, I reference it more as sort of this meditation where she she tunes in and she just gets in touch with her sacred feminine power and that we can do that by becoming familiar with ourselves, releasing the shame, opening to that. So this can be just really, you know, an exercise of, of really just tuning into that center as a as a chakra. As a, as a creative center to mm -hmm. allow us to um, activate that again and release the shame by doing so. You know? Yeah. I know, too, that uh, this, because you made reference, I think, to this a little bit uh, about um, uh, pleasure mm -hmm. and that there's nothing wrong with that. And I know that there are those, and I, I actually went through a phase when I was in my 20s where I was told Oh, no, you don't do that. No, 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 no. And yet I've learned since, especially when it comes to energy, energy here, that, that energy, you need to keep it flowing and that everything that has ever been or ever will be created by man and woman is created through the sexual energy, not the sexual act, but that sexual energy, the creativity, 
Uh, does Inanna embody that particular aspect? Does she speak to that particular element of uh, human existence and civilization? Absolutely. She has the capacity to decree fate. This is She's one of the seven gods and goddesses in the Sumerian pantheon that have this capacity. And, and even that speaks to the idea of creating through the, you know, using the wisdom of the second chakra to bring creation uh, about, you know. Um, and But that's truly part of her message in the sense that she is, um, you know, she she's very human in the way, in the sense that she wants what she wants, you know, mm -hmm. and she uh, goes for it. And um, she doesn't really have that much patience, right? There's all these ideas of very, these are concepts that are familiar to us as humans. And she makes it known that this is, is it's not a part of us that we have to disavow. You know, she, she represents the divine, but also has these characteristics that we um, can see in ourselves. And so she's reminding us of our divinity, which has the capacity to create. And that's that creative energy you are describing. So yeah, absolutely, she represents that. And puts that in our hands as information that can help us be conscious of that to, to create a reality we desire, really one based on love. That's that's the emphasis and my hope behind the book is, is to put that, that responsibility back in our own hands, to lift our vibration, to weave a reality that reflects love. And unity. It, it seems to me, too, that if somebody feels as though they are um, imprisoned by another person, if they are, and I don't mean literally, uh, though that has happened and we've seen all those news stories, but more um, they feel that this person is trying to control them, that this person is trying to hold them back, etc., etc., that it really isn't the other person that's doing that. It's them. Uh, and and uh, um, that's one of those areas I think that I think that people uh, need to to take a look at because every time I, I seem to turn around, especially over the last six years or so, I'm hearing people saying it's so and so's fault that we're in the situation we're in. It's this group's fault. It's that group's fault. It's that government. It's those people's fault. And I'm going, no, it's not. If you choose to allow yourself to be imprisoned and controlled, then you will be imprisoned and controlled. Now, I'm coming fr from the perspective of male. Gee, I don't know why that would be. <laughs> uh, but I don't, as I said before, I don't want to control or imprison anybody. No. Um, so I, I just, you know, like I said, I'm, 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 working on those new paradigms for a new world, as we talk about on this program, trying to find uh, uh, those new ways of living, giving people choices and knowledge of those choices to help make their dreams come true. As we are talking with uh, Shana Zalazo on Tell Me Your Story. We're talking about uh, the goddess Inanna. Uh, and uh, you said Samaria, was that correct? Sumer, yep. Mm -hmm. Sumer. Mm -hmm. And yep. It, this was all B.C., Correct. Yes. Okay. And yes. I know that there are new terms, uh, the I common know. age yeah. and the, all that kind of stuff. But uh, for sake of clarity here, we'll just A AD and BC. Uh, how far yes. back, how many thousands of years back are we talking? So over 4,000 years. So you can go back as far as five. You can go, I, I put it in the ballpark of over 4,000 to be more inclusive. Um, but to your point about that uh, 
idea of what we can do. It's this shift internally. And that's the message Anana is making. She's saying, hey, look, you can you can transform your own vibration like you're talking about. If you want to uh, not feel trapped, transform that inside with by healing the wounding that's present within yourself to create an access to a felt sense of liberation within that then translates externally. You know, it doesn't so seem to take much either, does it? Right. Well, it's some might argue that that the process of looking and doing that shadow work with uh, healing the wounding mm. is hard, but but it always yields such a significant shift in our reality that's always so worth it, you know. Yeah. What are some of the activities that you participate in, or have I should say participated in, that have freed you up to live your life? unapologetically? Oh, so many. Um, <laughs> certainly um, the inner work for sure. Definitely doing the inner deep healing work for sure. Um, and various modes. I, of course, am an advocate of psychotherapy, but then there's also these being a psychotherapist, but then there's also these beautiful other modalities that really you're going to know for yourself, whether it's through acupuncture or whether it's through shamanic approaches or, or that. But for me, um, one of the most significant, really concrete ways of, of liberating myself has been through surfing, because um, it, the metaphor of it as a surfer, um, there's so much that you have to let go of and you have to be in the moment. And in that process, you're training yourself, you know, as, as the waves coming, if you're thinking like, oh, no, it's too steep or um, I don't want to get on it or whatever comes up, it, it you will, you know, you're not going to catch it or you're going to you're going to fall off or whatever off your board or whatever. So there's there's this way that it's teaching you to drop attachment and that serves us. So when we come up against things that trigger us in our everyday reality, when we have the practice of recognizing the trigger and not letting ourselves get attached to it, it, it supports our liberation and we find ourselves able to live in the present and free, you know. With a combined psychotherapeutic and spiritual approach, uh, Sh uh, Shauna Zalazo offers rituals and practices to help readers connect directly with Inanna and from uh, harnessing your sensual energies to reclaiming the, ge the uh, generative capacity of the divine feminine and identifying and amplifying your life's purpose, you will discover the ways Inanna's process is your own. The biggest challenge for a lot of folks, uh, Shauna, is finding their life's purpose. And for women, uh, it seems, I think, it's less today than it was maybe a decade or two or three or four ago. But I'm sure that it's still uh, a serious issue in terms of a woman finding her life's purpose. That's definitely one of the things that is sort of top of mind of, or the top of folks lists when, when they come see me, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, to find what is my purpose. Um, and you know, the, the understanding of self will provide that clarity. And when you're, um, you know, it, there's, there's so many ways in which if we are able to vi access a vibration of all of those beautiful spiritual principles of compassion, unconditional love, you know, the high vibration energy, it becomes clear. We're not working in a place that is 
constrictive in that way. So it, it becomes evident and, and it may be literally just that we are working to lift our vibration so that we can lift the planet's vibration in the process of doing so. So when we get clear about ourselves, when we come to know the self, we get clear about what it is we're here to bring forward. And when we access the energy of being unapologetic, we allow ourselves uh, to share that. And so for some folks, um, you know, if if they have historically, if we can talk about past lives here for a second, yes. um, you know, if um, if you have, you know, we are who we are. Certainly we show up in, in you know, different physical presentations in different geographical locations from lifetime to lifetime. Um, but but the core essence of who we are is who we are. And so if we are someone who is driven to supporting humanity by uplifting humanity, or we're driven to seek truth, or we're driven to understand the great mysteries, there's going to be an, an, a resonance of that from lifetime to lifetime. So if you think back in history that, you know, these particular orientations might have yielded quite a bit of resistance, you know, um, being someone who's a truth seeker or a liber, you know, somebody who's drawn to liberating others, you know. So doing that, if this is our mission, and in doing this, we have this energetic resonance of fear of, oh, goodness, what happened the last time we did this, you know, in history, 2000 years ago, um, that may impact our relationship with our mission. So when we do our work, and we heal the wounding internally, we feel safe, Mm -hmm. to begin to share what is our truth. So that's also part of this unapologetic energy of like, you know, really knowing what we're here to do and just bringing it forward. <laughs> Absolutely. The Way of Inanna, a heroine's guide to living unapologetically. Uh, Shauna Zalazo is my guest here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And I wanted to kind of bring this up a little bit because I find that uh, it's there's there's a contradiction that I am observing. I mean, I... I, I I put it in this context. Um, the, the Ten Commandments, for example, says that uh, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Mm -hmm. And what I'm finding in today's world is that there are a lot of people, men and women, who have made gods or want to make gods of politicians in particular. Mm -hmm. It's like, hold it just a minute here. Uh, you're not supposed to have any other God. Well, no, 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 I'm not making him my God. Well, but you're saying that unless he or she is in control, that nothing is going to be right with the world. You know, that sounds to me like you're worshiping this person and you want this person up on that ped pedestal. Um, it's funny because for years I was struggling with the... Uh, aspect of finding someone, not a philosophy, but someone to follow, thinking that I was missing out on something. And honestly, I've never, A, found someone, and B, I have actually lost the desire to find someone. My goal is to search out those different philosophies and glean from them and incorporate them into my life. What is Inanna's way in regard as a goddess? What is, as you say in the title of the book, what is her way? I'm so glad you asked that question <laughs> because her, what she, as I mentioned, she is, she represents 
her, she embodies her polarities and she's completely multidimensional. So when her way really is not a singular way, her message is the heart. So it really speaks to what you're describing is her way is whatever your heart is, your heart's perspective is, you know, and, and it's, it's really individual, but ultimately this is bringing our consciousness into the center of love and unity and what that means to you. And it's, it's that there is not a need to have a sort of, um, someone as a gateway, you're, it's, it's in you, <laughs> it's right directly accessible within you. And that's really the message. So she's not indicating a singular way, but she embodies what is the way, which is it's, it's up to you and it's through the heart, your heart, you know. Shana Zalazo is my guest here on the program, and uh, I have to say that this conversation is something that needs to happen on a regular basis, and it needs to be expanded, and and, uh, um, and and we need to go off into the tangents of some of these areas, because uh, right now we're in such a state um, of disarray as a society, as a civilization, not just nationally, but globally, um, because it seems as though, uh, and I'll use America, the United, the United States as an example, let's just say that we have two sides. <clears throat> Each side wishes the other side would just disappear. That's never going to happen. And um, that isn't what the divine intelligence, uh, God, uh, whatever, whoever you want to refer to, uh, that's not the way it was designed. I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If we were intended to live solitary lives, then we would uh, we would be on separate planets, but we're not. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the community that we need. Uh, this um, idea of inclusion and that there's not that it, that the that our going back to this idea of our heart being the sort of main indicator <laughs> for us, it tells us who we are and to be an acceptance of that, right? To open the self to who we are individually and as a collective. So that drops the idea of separation. It brings in the idea of unity consciousness. And she's very, you know, she, um, she represents this idea of one of the chapters or gates that I have in the book is called transcending the binary. And she op provides this other way. And, and this really is sort of like this middle way, meaning whatever that is for you, you don't need to be confined from into one particular <laughs> uh, area. Mm -hmm. And, and also she's, she really represents evolution. So she doesn't want to be bound in any way because she's aware of evolution. She's aware that we're shifting and she makes room for that. She makes room for things to be upgraded. Um, and so um, the the type of really the, the kind of community that would really support the evolution of our planet is one that drops the notion of separation and opens the heart, leads with the heart, and understands ultimately that what we do to self, we do to the whole, what we do to the whole, we do to the self, and bringing the awareness, if we're all operating from that center, the, the world would change drastically because we would understand our actions and the implications of them. And we would want to receive we would want to we would want to experience ourselves sharing love because of the the ways in which it uplifts us as well as the whole. So a community based on love and inclusion for sure. 
Balance. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there is a word I've I've talked with my uh, guests about over the last few a few uh, months uh, that I I don't want to use because it has a lot of baggage with it. Uh, in spite of the fact that it's being used, maybe in the media and so forth, and that's the word tolerance, because tolerance carries with it carries with it the uh, judgment. It carries with it judgment. Uh, I say acceptance. That does not mean that I agree with your perspective, your lifestyle, your this, your that, your the other, because I don't have to any more than you have to agree with mine. I accept you as a member of the human race, as a member of this community, as a member and a contributor to this community. And uh, w the purpose of our here being here together is to learn from one another, to grow with together with one another. Uh, and so forth to make this a better place, which is what this program is all about, trying to make this a better place for everybody. Do you feel that the way of Inanna is a way for people to do just that? Absolutely. She's entirely about acceptance. And also this begins with self-acceptance. Um, ah. And that's something that's significant in her, because ultimately, to your point, you know, if you if you take a, a really a zoom out lens perspective of each of our lives and the decisions that we're making and the circumstances in which we find ourselves, if you hold the lens of karma being balanced and lessons being learned, how can we judge another? We don't know why this is playing out based on and how it's supporting perhaps a karmic uh, balance that needs to be brought forward or mm -hmm. so it, it'll it invites us her her the energy that she embodies of self-acceptance is really her teaching about that it begins with us ultimately this is one of the most and why i find you know even with my training as a psychotherapist why this is so significant because it always shifts first internally to be <laughs> brought about externally so she she's this really original sort of teacher of that you know one of the original features of that reminds me of the phrase as above so below as below so above it's in my book <laughs> <laughs> because absolutely absolutely yeah this is why i love her <laughs> i have to say that uh i don't know 30 40 years ago when uh i was dating and and, and meeting different people um and i would find out about the traumas that they had been through and i'm going and 99% of the time it was by men, I, I started to become ashamed to be a man, to be a mm -hmm. part of that aspect of the human race. You know, I'm going, you know what? I think I'm going to change. I'm going to change because I don't want to be on that team no more. Uh, and um, yet, that I'm, you know, I ha I'm not going to do that, of course, but, but it's just, it's so frustrating when you see these different programs that talk about all these horrific things that happen to other people at the hands of. And one of the things that's been shared on this program is that we're all here to fulfill a particular contract we signed before we came here into this lifetime. In other words, we are living out the role we chose to live. Now, I realize this is a real hard one for some folks to, to stomach, because they want to blame the other person. And that's not to say that they are to blame. Don't get me wrong. But you came here, I came here to have certain experiences. And the human personality judges those experiences. 
but the divine essence of us, if I am correct, observes it for what it is. It's just an experience. The, the, the universe doesn't judge it as good or bad. It's ju it just says it is what it is. And we are also the ones who put the, the shame and the guilt and the fear. We put that on us. And, you know, and I know that there will be, I can hear it in my ear. I can hear people saying, what are you talking? This person abused so-and-so and they ought to be put to death. They ought to have this cut off and, and, and these privileges denied and, and the list goes on. And it's like, all right, I can appreciate that from the human ego personality. But that's not what the ancient wisdom teachings teach us when it comes to living our lives together as a community am i am i off base on that observation no absolutely on target and this idea of judgment is such a powerful one because it it surfaces in human form right and if we begin to relate to it a little bit like projection like projection is is it's it shows us that we're putting something from within us out onto another person so that we can observe it. Not out, we don't always necessarily have consciousness about that, but if we train ourselves to, and judgment is very similar in the sense that oftentimes that which we have judgment over is showing us about something that's not healed within us. So we can, instead of, you know, when we walk the spiritual path, we may feel like very ashamed that judgment surfaces, but it's not so much that judgment surfaces that's the issue as much as what we do with that judgment. Because if we use that judgment like a personal trainer that says, hey, you have an opportunity here to train your capacity to open yourself, your, your heart to whatever it is that you're feeling judgment about within yourself. It, it, it's a, a training mechanism. It's a soul training mechanism. So um, it, it's a, sh a constant shift in perspective that's being invited in here with that. But you're right on in the this um, the roles that we play and why. Again, this idea of like something might be happening. There may be a circumstance that on the surface looks like someone, let's say, is I don't know, hurting another person's feelings or something. But if those people were supposed to play that role for each other because that was balancing a karmic situation that mm -hmm. they agreed prior to this lifetime to balance together it doesn't serve us to judge that and actually it becomes something where you know we go if we look at it like that it, it brings us to your beautiful word of acceptance you know we go into acceptance yeah. and it's a much um smoother ride for sure yeah we're talking with Shana Zalazo. She has uh, a beautiful book that I think you might uh, consider picking up. It is called The Way of Inanna, a heroine's guide to uh, a heroine's guide to living unapologetically. Now, granted, this is coming from the feminine energy perspective. What's been the reception as you have talked with people about this uh, from the male? side of the equation? It's such a great question because ultimately, uh, again, I want to emphasize one of the things that I find really the most um, inspiring about Inanna is, the, is, is that she is a balance of the two. So she, you know, she's a warrior and she's also a, a completely, you know, sort of gentle, devoted lover. 
at the same time. And so she has this warrior energy to her um, is really, you know, we do, we're not, again, disavowing any aspect. It's it, We are our most powerful when we are balanced. And she's really representing that both for us as individuals, but also as a message for the earth plane, for the earth, for the planet, it's herself, you know is this coming back into balance. So the the reception has actually been really wonderful um, from the masculine um, thus far, um, pr primarily I would say because of that. And there's this, you know, to your point what you were describing earlier around your your felt sort of compassion for the, the individuals that would share their trauma with you at the hands of the masculine, um, that, you know, it's an invitation to do what you're doing, which is assume, you know, stepping into this role as an ally to to support the shift in paradigm which is so beautiful Richard that you're doing um but that's really been the reception that I've gotten from the book is this acknowledgement of like yeah <laughs> balance that's the way <laughs> mm. so it's been very wonderful I think that's also one of the things, too, that was a misnomer when in the 70s they were trying to pass the Equal Rights Amendment. I think the attitude was, oh, women want to take over. No, they don't. They just want a piece. They want a piece of the pie, so to speak. They want to share in the development of our society, even though I think that on, on one level there was, I think it was um, only slightly misdirected, that they already are. Not just by virtue of birthing every human being that's ever lived, okay, but nurturing and being the caregiver and those aspects. Uh, and I'm not the kind of guy, as you hopefully have already figured out, who believes that a woman needs to be in a kitchen barefoot and pregnant. First of all, she wants to be in a kitchen barefoot, fine. I think we have enough kids. There are enough kids who need homes. Let's not get any more pregnant people pregnant or get any more people pregnant. Let's start adopting. Let's start taking care of the ones that are already here. Um, but with that said, uh, I, I still think that there was a, a, a disconnect. Uh, and I think it was misinformation in regards to what the Equal Rights Amendment actually would do. But I also think, and I'm wondering from your perspective, you said as above, so below, or as within, without, that unless women found their own equal rights within themselves, again, I think maybe using that phrase, living unapologetically, it wouldn't matter what amendment they passed. It's, it's kind of like I heard this, this phrase regarding slavery. When slavery was finally abolished, the, the, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed by Lincoln, and all of the blacks were freed. They had no clue because they, they had lived generations in slavery. They had no idea what to do next because they didn't know what freedom really felt like, what it was, what, what was next kind of thing. And I think maybe women were in that same boat because for generations they were told two cars in every garage and a pot, a chicken in every pot and the American dream of the white picket fence and the house and this and that and the other. And now all of a the sudden they're sort of being told by some women who they, they're, they're, you know, gesticulating, we want our freedom, we want and so forth. And they don't really know what that means or what that entails. They just know that they want more in their lives. You think that that attitude, if you will, 
you think it's still prevalent or do you think that's kind of washed away considerably and that women don't really need an equal rights amendment? They've got the power. And again, it's not usurping power. Right. Well, and that's that's a really wonderful distinction is in the in the goddess traditions. There really isn't this emphasis of you know, the feminine dominance. Dominance isn't a word in that <laughs> lineage, if you will. It's 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 sharing and being, you know, side by side, right? Um, but it's this really beautiful idea that you're raising of, of really focusing on healing that experience internally to ex accessing that felt sense of liberation and healing that the notion of unapologetic is is also, you know, is is really about owning your power and not feeling as though you need to you know diminish your light with by embodying you know when you when you when you own your divinity that when you free yourself to embody that that it it doesn't need to be something that you're worried will hurt someone else's feelings you know um <laughs> we can just share it to help inspire others and it's not it, it's not an in your face kind of unapologetic it's it's a um, I'm no longer sorry for being my glorious self, you know, that kind of energy because I've healed and I, I recognize my own divinity. So it always does indeed start internally, you know. Mm. And what I find interesting too, and I remember I was interviewing a woman who was, you know, pretty, a pretty strong assertive feminist and um, we were going through this phase uh, in our country in particular where, um, you know, women, they're afraid to go out and walk about because of being leered at or maybe slapped on the bottom or this or that or the other, like some men will do in restaurants and this and that and the other. And I said, well, you know, it's, it's weird because I'm afraid to go out there and look in the direction of a woman who could then accuse me of some crime to which she said in a very terse tone, welcome to the club, Richard. And I thought, whoa, hey, calm down. I'm not, I'm just saying, okay, I get, I understand where you're coming from, you know. Um, and I know that, if, you know, there's the, there's the, this whole attitude of, um, uh, you know, they talk about white privilege, for example. Mm -hmm. And then they talk about male privilege. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm just living my life, Shauna. I, I didn't do anything. I don't think I've done anything wrong. And yet I'm painted with that same paintbrush that all these other men uh, who we've seen in the news uh, over the last many years um, have done. You know, in other words, I'm guilty. I'm guilty by association. And, you know, it's such an interesting perspective to really this is that invitation that inana represents of like unifying because when we when we truly drop into the heart center we open to the experiences of the of all of us of each of us mm -hmm. and so we begin to understand and have compassion for their lived experience right and it does shift how we behave on some level where you know it where we learn this isn't saying this is and this is one of the beautiful things about um what inana embodies is it's there isn't a need to judge the you know maybe we've we have evolved. And so maybe we may engage in a way that's different than how we used to, you know, um, maybe what we do now might 
be subtly different because we see it from a different lens. But there's no reason to judge from before. We just simply embrace the evolution. And, you know, this idea of really listening to the lived experiences of others and letting that, that support, letting that help influence our evolution, that is supporting unity. So it's such a wonderful conversation to have. And, you know, for sure, right? Like when we check in with our own motivations, but we, we can see, you know, am I, am I engaging with this consciously? Um, you know, like what you're talking about privilege, you know, white privilege or male privilege or whatever, but it's such a powerful thing to understand it because it's only going to make us more live more consciously and therefore more in aligned with the heart. Yeah. So it, it's just this beautiful uh, way in which to grow, you know, I guess to, to, to finish that statement uh, uh, that I was making, men are guilty by association and women are victims by association. And um, I, in the 80s, I went through Life Spring, which is sort of an outgrowth of Est. And that was a period of time in the 80s when we were going through victimhood. It was somebody else's fault. And then we kind of moved from that. You know, it's my mother's fault that I'm this way, not enough, which I never blamed my parents for the way I am. Uh, but nonetheless, um, and then we moved into uh, working towards dealing with codependency and then uh, learning more about interdependency and all of those aspects. And then all of the sudden, the 2016 presidential campaign I've dubbed the campaign of victimhood. All over, We're right back where we started from. It's somebody else's fault that we're where we are. And it's like, no, it's not. If we're in a bad place. We did it to ourselves. Now, I don't think we're in a bad place. And I know there are going to be people who are going to have their stories, and I get that. But it's like I was taught when I was working for a Christian radio station back in the 80s and 90s. If you're looking for the devil, you're going to find him under, under every rock. And if you're looking for God, you'll find him under every rock. It's all about your perspective, all about your focus, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and there's an opportunity to lift our, by shifting our focus towards, um, you know, compassion, support, non-judgment, we lift our vibration, which it, there's, a, it's all frequency. It's all our frequency. So it's very, it's very powerful. Um, but yes, and when we could choose to shift our perspective towards love instead of fear, it, that definitely supports everything yeah. <laughs> for sure. Shauna Zalazo is my guest. ShaunaZalazo.com is the website, and we certainly hope that you will avail yourselves, folks, of the book, The Way of Inanna, A Heroine's Guide to Living Unapologetically. I find it interesting that in the context of uh, Christianity, they actually have an area of um, study called apologetics. And I've often thought, since when does God need defending? I've always found that fascinating, uh, plus the fact that they always talk about a personal relationship, and then they want to stick their nose in and, make a and, and try to determine whether or not you've done all the right things, you've said all the right things, you're saved, you're not saved. It's like, wait, hold, stop, back up, you know, or as, as I used to say, uh, mask up, wash up, back up, six feet. Um, it's a personal relationship, i.e. a relationship between me and my creator okay mm -hmm. not between you me and my creator and you know my father kind of epitomizes that man is 91 this year mother just turned 88 celebrated their 66th wedding and 65th wedding anniversary last june i know very little about his uh 
spiritual underpinnings and so forth because he kept it to himself. And I'll be honest with you, that's okay. Because it's his, it's his personal relationship. However he views it, however he lives it. Uh, and I wish that uh, the, the, the people would keep their nose out of <laughs> my business and your business. We're just, we're just trying to understand, right? We're just trying to make sense of it all. And it seems to me like uh, the goddess Inanna has, has helped you to find some understanding. Absolutely. She absolutely has. <laughs> we are talking with Shauna Zalazo, and this is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it has been a pleasure to have you on the program today, and I'd love to continue this conversation. Uh, and uh, uh, thank you for, for uh, what you have done uh, for this program as far as your being here on the program and talking about the way of Inanna. Uh, maybe I, I, I'm, I'm wondering about some other works that you either may be working on or that you've already put out. I know you have a lot of articles, uh, but do you have another book in the works? Another book in the works? Well, yes. Okay. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's, it's in its formative stages. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and well, it's been such an honor to connect. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I really do. And I am going to uh, let our listeners know before we go to our final three questions that I like to ask all of my guests that you are listening to and uh, watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices don't make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., 9 a.m. on Wednesdays for our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. And uh, we stream live at those times at richarddugan.com. We have podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and uh, many others. And we are on YouTube where you can watch these interviews and as I said before, we will be linked to ShanaZalazo.com so that you can find out more about her work and get yourself a copy of the book, The Way of Inanna. And we also ask you to participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision. And that is where we ask you to go within and listen to that still small voice. You know, it's funny, uh, Shana, I'll do an entire program and I'll get to this point and I'm going... You know, we didn't even talk about that. I should have brought that up. And, I, and it's like, well, hey, that just means we're going to have to have you back to, to incorporate that into our conversation. I would be honored. <laughs> well, Thank we you. encourage folks to do that and uh, spend that quiet, peaceful time in that quiet, still, calm place, listening to the still, small voice. We also ask that if you can support us financially, we would greatly appreciate that. We have a PayPal account. It's there for your security as well as ours. And uh, we thank those who have helped. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we thank those who will help. Again, uh, triple thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, because everything uh, helps. We'll take energetic support as well, folks. Uh, ma uh, masculine and feminine. We need both to keep it all balanced and move forward to making this a better world for everybody. With all of that being said, we go to uh, the first of three questions. And that first question is, who is Shauna Zalazo? I would say my my spirituality is my most salient identity and really truly the the essence of who I am is ultimately really to help others tap into a felt sense of empowerment. So that is my hope <laughs> through what, is, what I do and how I live. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? 
a restoration of balance on the earth plane, no small feat, but <laughs> that is the goal indeed. Mm -hmm. And what is your life's purpose? My life's purpose ultimately is to help myself and others remember, remember our divinity and move towards our ascension. Absolutely. Shauna, thank you again. Shauna Zalazo for joining us here on the program. Thank you so much. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to Lal and Jeanette, I am listening. <laughs>